0: we are one church we love god love people love his mission and love his church welcome to the one church podcast hello and welcome to the one church podcast it's monday the 19th of december and we're so glad that you could join us today our message this week comes from josh smith speaking at the one church city site on sunday the 18th of december so get ready, open your heart, and enjoy.
1: Time with family all of a sudden has become a bit more special because of Levi, Ezra included, but he can't say the word Christmas. In fact, he doesn't say any words at the moment. He just squeaks. He's very cute though, aren't he? Look at you. But Levi, our oldest boy, who is two and a half, has the memory of an elephant. In that, elephants don't forget. At least that's a rumor. And if he says something once or he sees something once, he's going to remember it until Jesus returns. And at one point on a recent drive, Alice saw some Christmas lights and she said, they're pretty. Every time now that we drive past a set of bang average Christmas lights, Levi says, look at those Christmas lights. They're pretty. I love them. Every set of lights, it becomes a little bit more magical, even if they are multicolored, flashing in no organized fashion. I've got to tell you, lights should be white. White that can either be cool or warm and static or slow twinkle. Like, I was at a pub the other day watching one of the England matches and there was a big TV and in the corner there was a Christmas tree and it had the lights on that scrolling mode where it's like, on! Flash, 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 stop! And honestly, just, I couldn't watch the game. I'm just transfixed by this irritating tree in the corner. Um, other, I mean, if you do your Christmas fairy lights in a different way, that's okay. Maybe it's time to change. <laughs> I've captured again what it is, the wonder of Christmas through the eyes of a child. Uh, Levi is just fascinated by everything. He wants to know all the stories, all the reasons why. I want to say to us, before I dive into a message, some of the things I enjoy about Christmas. Let us never lose the wonder. If you've lost the wonder, allow yourself to recapture it again. What I mean is that Christmas for me is about this, that God himself bent the rules of time and space to inhabit human form. How does that work? The one who hung the stars embraced life underneath them. Jesus, the eternal and infinite, was nursed by a woman that he created. Ah, the wonder of Christmas. The omnipresent, omnipotent, and omniscient king of the universe made himself and gave up everything, making himself nothing. The wonder of Christmas let's not forget what it's all about in the first place. I also love driving at Christmas. Now, we clock up a lot of miles in the car to the extent where I had it serviced on Thursday because we're going to do a few hundred miles or so through the Christmas period. And people always say to me, oh gosh, all that driving, it must be exhausting. There are a few things that I enjoy more about Christmas than a long nighttime drive. Accompanied by an overpriced drive-through coffee, sleeping children in Jesus' name and the world's most unhelpful co-pilot. Alice, not because of her sense of direction, she's very good. If she's been somewhere once, she'll forget where it is. And she has the ability, though, to fall asleep anywhere in any moment. So we've been on numerous drives where Alice will be like, no, don't worry, I'm with you the whole way. And then we'll turn a corner and she'll just be asleep. It's uncanny. It's a skill. I think it may even be a spiritual gift. But there are some things that I struggle with with Christmas. I struggle with turkey. You see, here's the thing, as Aidan would say. If turkey was a genuinely good food, we would eat it more than once a year. We would. It's just bad chicken. Let's just have chicken. Um, I don't understand. And often at the end of a Christmas dinner, I sit down and I go, oh, I wish we ordered Chinese. Chinese. I'm just saying, I'm just saying, we're coming to yours for Christmas Day. We're going to bin off my sister, Steph, we love you. We're going to the ridges. Just don't understand. I, For me, turkey has no place at the dinner table. It is subpar chicken at best. The other thing that frustrates me about Christmas is Christmas movies. Now, this might be slightly controversial, and I'll explain why. Now, I am no Scrooge most of the time. And occasionally, I do shed a secret tear whilst watching a Christmas film. We watched Miracle on like 89th Street or whatever it's called the other day. And, um, and it was just me, Alice, and Levi who sat through the whole film. And occasionally went, where's that girl gone? <laughs> Kept him interested. And, um, and at the end of it, I was slightly emotional. It was lovely, lovely. However, how do we get... From the wonder of Jesus, God making himself nothing and becoming like human form to the Grinch. (laughs) I I can't figure out the steps that led from A to B. I don't get it. It doesn't make any sense. Now remember, an overly hairy green dude who lives up a mountain, need I remind you, on a snowflake. Jesus, the king of the universe, born in the body of a baby, a green dude up a hill. With a mopey personality. I just, it doesn't, it doesn't, for me, it detracts rather than adds. We've still not decided as well what we're going to do with you and Santa Claus. We've not decided. Um, as I say often about Jesus, indecision is a decision, right? So in not deciding to do or not do Santa, I'm hoping that we've accidentally decided against him. Is that all right? Because, forgive me, this is my understanding. A rather large old white guy sneaks down your chimney, takes credits for the gifts that you buy, and demands a mince pie for the privilege. My life is better without that guy in it. Do you know what I mean? Now, if you still believe in Santa Claus, Father Christmas, Saint Nick, that's all right. Jesus loves you. (laughs) some things about me and Christmas. I enjoyed writing them. I hope that makes you smile. However you experience these next few weeks, whether this season is painful with memory and sadness and lost loved ones who are no longer with you, or whether you find it an absolute joy, I want to say that we as a church are here to walk with you because we believe in a God who is for you. And we want to pray safety, protection over all of us this Christmas, that we'd enjoy some element of the peace that God brings, not just get caught up in the superficial supermarket nonsense. Amen. 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 And in the blink of an eye, it'll be 2023. And I'm excited about the year to come. I don't know if you do this. Alice loves New Year's resolutions. And we all sit down at some point over New Year and talk to people that we made resolutions with and realize that everybody has achieved nothing that they set out in 2022 to achieve. And that's good fun for the most part, but I often come towards the end of a year and then look back on it and think about what's coming and also spend time to lament and rejoice for what's been. Uh, I found myself thinking about 2022. And what a year we've had. If you've been around this site, if you've been around our church, what a year it's been. We believe God in January, Alice and I, and we talked with the team a bit about this. We believed God that City would be 100 people strong each week from September onwards. Um, I'm not counting today because I've not done the numbers yet, and it definitely isn't 100 plus, but that's okay. But I did some digging around our numbers, and the average attendance from the 18th of September through to last Sunday is 101 people a week. <laughs> That's pretty cool, right? That's pretty cool. As someone once said to us regarding church leadership that healthy things grow. And for me, an element of health is numerical growth, people coming to Jesus. I want to remind us again that we're, like, if you've come and joined us over this last year from a different church, I want to say we love you. We're so grateful for you. Make sure that you finish well with your last place if this is becoming your home. But we're not about... We're not about transfer growth. We're about net gain for the kingdom, right? And what that means is that new people finding Jesus. And if we look back over the year, we've seen many people finding Jesus in this site and in our church, and we're grateful. Um, This year, we had Vision Sunday, in which £650,000 was given and pledged by the church in the middle of the greatest economic crisis for a generation. What a miracle. What a year we've lived through. The sense of togetherness in our church and the unity of churches around the county has never been greater than it currently is. And I believe that off the back of all this, we're about to experience growth and an expectation in 2023. The Lord has been good and he is going to continue to be good. And for us in our personal lives, I wonder what's 2022 been like for you? As an individual, is it a year of sadness and trial? Has it been a year of breakthrough and the miraculous? Let me give you something the Lord asked me at the back end of 2022. And this would sum up my year. And I'm going to ask us a couple of questions off the back of it. The Lord has asked me this. Will you trust me? If you don't know the story with Ezra, let me just give you a brief overview. And let me just caveat this story with this. Many of you have walked through deep hardship over this last year and in the years that have gone prior to this. I'm not saying that our story is greater or less. I just want to tell you what the Lord has done in the middle of it. Is that all right? So I'm not bringing comparison. I just want to tell you what we've walked through. On October the 16th, Lawrence, Josh Gale, Beth and I set out to climb five mountains. We finished at City. We packed up our stuff. We got into a car and we drove to Ben Nevis. And we began a journey, and it was an awful lot of fun. On the 19th of October, Alice called me to say that she was taking Ezzie into hospital while we were in the Republic of Ireland. On the 20th, I flew home from Belfast, and Ezzie was about to be placed on a ventilator. And for me, the morning of the 21st is something I will never forget. I was sat on the lounge floor as Alice was living at the LRI with Ezra. And I was there being dad with Levi. And he was running around playing. And I was praying on the floor. And as I was praying, I just began to weep. And then the little boy comes and he jumps over my back. And he says, love you, dada. What a gorgeous boy you are. And my conversation with the the Lord went like this. Uh, God, will you heal Ezra? And the Lord responded by saying, will you trust me? And I said, Lord, will you heal him? And he said, will you trust me? I said, Lord, will you just step in and do something? And he said, will you trust me? At the end of my conversation, my confession became, Lord, I choose to trust you. I choose to trust you. I choose to trust you. And um, For some of us, we, we need to confess until we believe. Uh, in that moment, I had a choice. Am I going to confess it because I didn't currently believe it? Don't get me wrong. I trust him with my life. Uh, But some of you will know this journey. It's one thing trusting him with your own life. It's another thing trusting him with the life of your child. Lord, I choose to trust you. I choose to trust you. I choose to trust you. He knew best and he cared most. Uh, Through the journey with Ezzy, Alice was in hospital for about 10 days with him. He was on a ventilator for five or six days. Um, If he had stayed at home during that period of time, he wouldn't have made it. They're the facts. That's the reality. But all the way through, Little miracles in the journey. And those little miracles went a long way to helping me say and confess, Lord, I choose to trust you. And I believe for you and I, the Lord wants to ask us, as we begin 2023, will we trust him? The Lord's question to you will you trust me? Will you trust me with your life? Will you trust me with your future? Will you trust me with your family? Will you trust me with your dreams? Will you trust me? Father, I pray over these next few minutes and moments that we share together that, the Holy Spirit, you would come and fill this room with a sense of your glory, your presence, your peace, your closeness. Lord, we honor you. What an amazing year we have lived through and are living through. And we give you all the glory, all the honor, all the praise. It is all about you, King Jesus. We love you. Amen. But at the beginning of humanity, God gave Adam and Eve this same choice. Will you trust me? The passage is going to come up on the screen. I'm going to skim through a couple of things. I'm going to focus on the journey of Adam and Eve with God in the garden. And then we're going to fast forward a number thousand of years until we get to Mary and Joseph with a very similar conversation. Genesis 2, 16 through to Genesis 3, 8 says this. But the Lord warned him. Adam, the man, you may freely eat the fruit from any tree in the garden except the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. If you eat its fruit, you are sure to die. But the serpent was shrewd of all the wild animals that the Lord had made. One day he asked the woman, did God really say you must not eat from the fruit of any of the trees in the garden? Of course, we may eat the fruit from all the trees in the garden, the woman replied. It is only the fruit from the tree in the middle of the garden that we are not allowed to eat. God said, you must not eat it or even touch it. If you do, you will die. You won't die, the serpent replied to the woman. God knows that your eyes will be opened as soon as you eat it, and you'll be like God, knowing both good and evil. Verse 6, the woman was convinced. She saw that the tree was beautiful and that its fruit looked delicious, and she wanted the wisdom it would give her. So she took some fruit and ate it. She gave some fruit to her husband who was with her, and he ate it too. At that moment, their eyes were opened, and they suddenly felt shame at their nakedness. So they sewed fig leaves together to cover themselves. The call from God to humankind at the beginning was the call to dependency on him. Dependency is the necessity to rely solely on the wisdom of another. God's call to humanity at the beginning was not to seek wisdom, but to live in obedience and surrender. Do not eat from the tree of the knowledge, rather trust that I understand so you don't need to know. That's the conversation the Lord has with man and woman. You don't need the knowledge that this tree possesses because I see all things and I'm about all things and I'm in all things and I know the end from the beginning. So if you trust me, you don't need what that can give you. Rather than trusting in the wisdom of God, Eve chose to embrace the curiosity of self. And I imagine the heartbreak in the moment for God when he walked through the garden. He already knew what was happening and he sees them with fig leaves sewed over themselves and they've never had been in that position before. And the heartbreak of God was not, why did you do that? Rather, it was, why didn't you trust me? Because he always knew best. The apple tree in the garden was not planted by mistake. It existed to pose a question of trust. Whatever your life looks like right now, 2023 will throw up an apple tree for you. A moment where you can say, I need to seek wisdom for myself, or I'm going to choose dependency and rely on the King of Kings. We all walk through moments where we stand at the base of an apple tree. How do we choose to respond? Sometimes the fruit of curiosity looks more appealing than the journey of dependency. How do you and I want to live? The shortcut to independence never leads to the destination found in Christ-like reliance. If I choose to go my way, to put my trust in what I can understand, it's never going to take me where dependency on the King of Kings is going to eventually lead me. How do you and I want to live as we begin 2023? The shortcut of independence never leads to the destination found in Christ-like reliance. Let's be a people that say again and again and again, I choose to trust you, I choose to trust you, I choose to trust you. Even if I don't understand, even if it doesn't make sense, even if I can't see the end of it, I choose to place my trust in you anyway. I want to say for us, for our generation, those of us who are maybe 35 or younger or so, we live in a society that is full of anxiety, lowness of emotion, and paranoia. And don't get me wrong, many Christians walk through some horrendous mental health challenges. And sometimes the Lord steps in in a moment and fixes things, and other times he allows people to walk through the storm, as Abby shared. He doesn't often take us out of it. Instead, he decides to hold our hand and walk with us through it. But I do believe that independence from God breeds anxiety and feeds paranoia. And I do believe that trust in the Lord's leads to peace and security. As much as it depends on me, I'm going to trust you. Because that's where I find my peace. That's where I find my security. And that's where I find my eternity. How do you and I want to live? For Adam and Eve, the shortcut to wisdom... Close the door on the journey of intimacy. I'm going to choose this for myself. And the result was, instead of walking closely, they walked at a distance. What will we choose? From today forward, even when he knows the end from the beginning, and I don't. Even when he knows the outcome of that job interview, and I'm not sure. Even when he knows if my parents are going to get well. Will I choose to trust him? believing that he knows best and that he holds the knowledge that I don't need. For us this morning, as we enter a new year, will you choose to trust again? Let's fast forward slightly. Luke 1, 26 to 38. I what a phenomenal passage. This is where we land for Christmas. This is nice. The angel, Mary, lovely. It says this. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth a village in Galilee, to a virgin named Mary. She was engaged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of King David. Gabriel appeared to her and said, Greetings, favoured woman. I don't know if he would have said greetings. Greetings is a weird word, isn't it? It's what you have on a Christmas card, but it's not what you use in real life. Anyway, I wonder what he would have said if it was today. Hey, maybe. Maybe that would have been more terrifying. I imagine his voice was very, very deep. Hey, that's not deep, is it? That's just that's just got problem. That's fine. Um, greetings. Hey, favored woman, the Lord is with you. Confused and disturbed. No wonder. Nine-foot dude with wings. Mary tried to think what the angel of the Lord could mean. Don't be afraid, Mary. The angel told her. Do you notice that angels say that, but demons don't? They carry authority and power and stature. Don't be afraid. I'm with him. It's all right. Demons say, be scared. Because they're not. Always as intimidating as they appear to be. Anyway... Don't be afraid, Mary, the angel told her, for you have found favor with God. I mean, what a start to a conversation. That is, you found favor with the king of kings. You will conceive and give birth to a son. You will name him Jesus. He will be very great and will be called the son of the most high God. The Lord God will give him the throne of his ancestor David, and he will reign over Israel forever. His kingdom will never end. Merry Christmas. Like what? How do, you, how do you process that? You're 13, unmarried a virgin and the king of the universe is going to be implanted in your womb and you're going to raise him for the rest of your life it's quite a high call mary responded she asked the angel how can this happen i'm a virgin verse 35 the angel replied the holy spirit will come upon you and the power of the most high will overshadow you so the baby to be born will be holy and he will be called the son of god What's more, your relative Elizabeth has become pregnant in her old age. People used to say she was barren, but she has conceived a son and is now in her sixth month. For the word of God will never fail. Mary responded, I am the Lord's servant. May everything you have said about me come true. And then the angel left her. What a difference. At the beginning of all things, I want what that has I'm going to take it for myself. And then at the new beginning of humanity, when God presses reset through the person of Jesus, instead of Mary saying, I want that knowledge, she says, I don't understand. But may everything you said about me come true. The difference, the difference that trust in the Lord makes. Eve sought wisdom and it resulted in independence. Mary chose to trust and it resulted in the salvation of humanity. What a decision. I don't get it. But if you say so, then I'm going to go with you because you know the end from the beginning. And I'm a simple, uneducated young woman. And just to provide you with some backstory for this passage, I've already said Mary would have been a teenager. We presume around 13, 14 years old. She would have not been highly educated and she would have been of low status. That's why she was going back to the area she was at the time of the census. And her life is about to begin. She's betrothed or engaged to a guy called Joseph. Again, not of huge standing, but comes from the line of David. Uh, Marriage for her would have been the gateway in Middle Eastern culture for her to have some form of meaning and purpose. Because inside of marriage, women produce children and that becomes their legacy. It's a very different culture to how we live today. But without marriage, women would often remain uneducated. And forgive me, but the brutal reality is, and of little value to society. So the news that Gabriel brings Mary is not just biologically impossible, it's also social suicide. She's a teenage girl, she's about to give birth to a child outside of marriage. The child would have been born illegitimate and her life effectively would have become forfeit. She would have faced stigma and and to bear a child outside of wedlock would have been a horrendous thought for a young Jewish girl. It would have had implications that Mary will have well known. In fact, a recent article, 2019, by The Independent found that, and I quote, babies born outside of wedlock are abandoned on the streets of Saudi Arabia as women fear retribution and punishment for having a child outside of marriage. That's 2,000 years on from when Mary would have been around. The consequences to the message of the angel would have been so severe that it required questioning. If that is you and me, what's our response to the angel? How? How are you going to make sure that my son's not going to grow up in persecution? How are you going to make sure that I still have some form of future? How are you going to make sure that my betrothed still wants to marry me? How is it going to work? And the call of God through the angel is this. Mary, will you trust me? Will you trust me that your life will still hold meaning? Will you trust me for the security of your child and the safety of your own life? Where Eve chose independence, Mary sought reliance. She responds, I am the Lord's servant. May everything you have said about me come true. She must have had so many questions, but she asked none. Friends of ours are walking through a season at the moment, which is really difficult and longing and Expecting the Lord to break through, and I said to them recently, "Have you had anyth- has He said anything, or what's the Lord done? Have you had a word?" And and the guy said, "No, we've not heard anything. But what we're going to do is what He said last until He speaks again. That's how you live in trust. I'm going to do what He says until He speaks again." Church, for us this morning, heading into a new year, will you and I choose to trust like Mary that He knows best? And that he cares most. Let me finish with this Proverbs 3 5 to 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to him, and he will make your path straight. Not got three points. I just want to present something to you that is really simple, but deeply profound. It's impacted our lives, and I pray that at the start of a new year, it will impact yours as well. My understanding from 2022 is this. First, that he knows best, and secondly, that he cares most. And my response again this morning is, Lord, I choose to trust you. I wonder if you're able to bow your heads and close your eyes. Father, thank you for the truth that you know the end from the beginning. Hold the universe in the palm of your hands, and nothing is a surprise to you. Lord, thank you that you're never caught unaware. Thank you that you're never anxious or worried. Lord, I pray for all of us this afternoon, our last Sunday in Two Funky, that we would have a revelation. That, regardless of what we're walking through or what's coming ahead, that you know best and that you care most. I don't know what 2023 is going to look like. I believe that the Lord's going to do some amazing things. Just while your head's bowed, and eyes still closed. I Believe that we are about to, and this is being recorded, so let's see what the Lord does. But I believe that in the next five years, the church is going to go through a seismic shift in our nation i believe that people will either stick to the word of god or as we find out li- later in the new testament people will seek teachers that will tell them whatever their itching ears want to hear people are either going to say yes i'm going to stand on what the word says or no i'm going to just agree with secular culture and i believe that we're going to walk through a shift in the next five years where churches will stand firm on the word of god and thrive and see something of revival in the middle of persecution will succumb to secular authority and die. But in the middle of persecution is always where the church has experienced revival. I don't believe it's this year coming, but I believe there is a season that we're about to walk into where we're going to be called to stand up for what we believe, to not be shy about what the scripture says, but to take authority based on the authority we receive from the book. Regardless of when it all begins, let me tell you, we are on an exciting journey. Because his plans for your 2023 are greater than you realize. There is more in you than you currently know. He's called you and has chosen you to make a difference. I wonder what your response is this morning. Maybe you want to say out loud with me, I choose to trust you. Lord, I choose to trust you. I choose to trust you. Maybe that needs to become your confession until it becomes what you believe. I choose to trust you. In the morning when you wake up, I choose to trust you. Even when you don't understand, I choose to trust you. Even when your health isn't good, I choose to trust you. Even when your kids aren't well, I choose to trust you. Even when you get fired from your job, I choose to trust you. Even if your marriage is going through challenge, I choose to trust you. best and he cares most. Father, help us to be a people that trust you with all we are, that people might see you in the way that we live, in our conduct, our speech and our purity. In Jesus' name. Amen.
0: If there's anything you need, if there's any way we can pray with you, help you, or if you'd like to respond to that message, get in touch with us today. We are here for you over christmas we are gathering on christmas day and new year's day at 10 30 a.m at the one center 10 frog island we're also gathering on new year's eve for prayer on zoom at 11 pm and there'll be a podcast released on boxing day that's monday the 26th of december and then again on monday the 9th of january so whatever you do coming up over these coming days know that we love you we're praying for you And would God bless you mightily. See you soon. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace.